Good evening, KLRN land. This is your early introduction to the weekend. You are listening to The Culture Shift. I'm Brad Slager, one of your guides to usher you through all the important information out there regarding what's going on in the entertainment landscape, but it's not just me. As always, joining me on our venture is America's most laser-focused and digitized Amish individual, Ordy Packard. What is going on, Ordy? Well, you know what? That was just a pure fucking Bill O'Reilly moment coming in. Just fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck. Coming in hot. Coming in coming hot. In hot. I got too much going on over here. Panthers are in the playoffs. They're leading in Toronto. These sons well, of bitches. They're trying to make me a believer. Right? No, I mean, not just that, but with the producer, too, going, oh, yeah, by the way, I've got to do this. Like, wait, five, four, three, finger-pointing thing. Go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And nobody knew better because we're utter professionals. We are. We are. I just, you know, I like to do the inside baseball stuff. Exactly. Well, first off, I got to kick things off by saying both to you and everybody out there, happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Or as I was reminded today, it's Carrie Fisher Day. Really now? What's the... Carrie Carrie Fisher in the gold bikini. You know, the whole, you know. Uh, (laughs) Well, never... Never a problem there. Hey, no. how about this? <laughs> Did you see one of our most disturbing political individuals in the country, Adam Schiff, posted himself oh, adorned in Star Wars regalia? <laughs> I cringed so hard, my sphincter vapor locked. I mean... It, I'm glad I saw that when I came home this afternoon rather than before leaving out for the day because i would have caused an accident on purpose it is uh it's almost remarkable how out of touch some of these people are and yet at the same time i have to show a level of appreciation for them just because of the content they provide for me and us. yeah i mean if if it wasn't for them i mean we'd be no, we'd still be chock full of jam. But holy shit, Schiff. Holy Schiff. Yeah, it's it's like, dude, you're not supposed to load the gun for people like this. But okay. <laughs> it's just like, don't ever, don't ever take a picture holding a sign. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a basic color scheme. You know, if you're going to hold a sign, make sure it is very busy. So that way they can't whiteboard you. Mm-hmm. Because the the internet... The internet are pranksters, and I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, there's a couple of scamps out there, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, you, oh, 4chan, you scamps. Um, <laughs> well, one of the things I saw, though, is uh, somebody t- actually took Shift's face out, put Swallows, Swalwells in, and called it the Fart Awakens. Well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, you're, just, you're just begging for stuff like this. I mean, there's things of this nature that... I always marvel that politicians do like when they're on the campaign trail and they always have to go to say a state fair or something and be seen eating something. And it never goes well, like Kamala with a foot long or, you know, um, God damn, who is the, I'm drawing a blank on her name. The Uber, Uber mill from, uh, Montana. 
Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. The uh the second coming of um God, I'm drawing a blank on her name too from Alaska. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, you're talking anyway. about Palin. Yeah, the second coming of Palin. Um God damn her anyway, it was it was like Palin round two came out of Montana or in that area. I, I can see her right now. Her last name starts with an H, but I'm just drawing a blank. Yeah, I just I've never. But anyway, her with the corn dog. Yeah, those are never. I, I don't understand why they have to do that because it's not like if you don't eat the food at the fair, people are going to turn and not vote for you. Like, it's, right. I want to see that metric in a study somewhere. Oh, geez, you didn't eat the cornbread? Son of a bitch, we just lost two points. Huh? Right. But yeah. if they, they always have to do that, and then they always have to do these type of things where they insert themselves into the pop culture, and they never do it in a way that's beneficial. You know, so Not like Star Wars fans are suddenly going to say, damn, I love that shift guy. Right. Yeah, no. But it's, uh, yes, it's Star Wars Day, and there's all the, uh, all manner of celebration. I was wearing my Panther Star Wars jersey. Nice. The day, and then I forgot, shit, I got to take it off because that's one thing, you know, if I'm wearing Panther gear during a game, they don't do well. So they were down 2 nothing. I took it off, got my Panthers beer glass, filled it up, and now they're up 3-2. That's just there you how go. it works. This is science. But... Yeah. Yeah, we have all manner of entertainment beyond just celebrating the national holiday today. It's almost I, a day of mourning of sorts. Well, it all depends on your point of view, really. Yeah, um, you are in the industry. Yeah. We we are in day three of the Writers Guild of America strike. America held hostage. We uh, we should have had a like a depressing orchestral sting there from. And cranky, we forgot. Yeah, that. and a graphic. We need a Fox News graphic, oh, like a breaking no. graphic. Yeah. But the um, yeah, the writers are officially on strike now. They they put the vote up last month. The result came in, I think, around the twenty first or so. And it was yes, we're gonna go on strike, and then it it's official this week. No longer are they writing. And the tremors have been felt across the country, <laughs> supposedly. It's funny if you look at the trades, Deadline and uh, Hollywood Reporter and the rap is like almost blanket. Right. All you see in the trade papers, writers are on strike. Oh, my gosh. What are the writers going to do? Well, apparently they're going to be filing dispatches for all of the trade papers. (laughs) Because, yeah, that's one of the few things they can actually do while they are on strike. So I guess if you file reports online, you're not violating guild. <laughs> right. No, exactly. And um, they're, you know, and, and they're just getting nothing but a tongue bath from the publications too. It's just like, oh, you know, the studios are fighting back. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, clearly that's where the sympathies lie. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely tell, uh, you know, all of the, um, <clears throat> and did you notice that the, they went on strike on May Day? That seemed appropriate. 
fucking commies. Um, but yeah, you could tell all the writers are really pushing for like labor in this and not, you know, nobody's really taken the, uh, the side of the uh, studios. Well, Which is yeah. funny because some of these demands that kind of pushed it out the door, um, they're insane. Well, you know, and that's that's going to take place in negotiations. I mean, this is early, so this is when you throw everything on the table. You just belch out all of it. You know, I I only want four-star catering on set. Right. You know, crap services have to be Wolfgang Puck or higher and that kind of crap. And then you... That's when the no emerald either. If I hear bang or bam around the set at all, <laughs> I fucking walk. I'm well, filing grievance with the union. But they've, uh, you know, they've they're throwing it all out there. The funny thing is that the one thing that has been most beneficial to the writers is the one thing that's causing them to go on strike, and that is the streamers. Yeah. As we've talked about ad nauseum on here, content, content. I mean, they're just hoovering up anything. They're inventing whatever possibility they can come up with to justify for a script on anything. They are remaking crap that's 50 years old. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a reboot. It's this. It's the series version of that show. I mean, You know, True Lies is on network television as a series. Yeah. I know. It, and you know what they want? You know what none of them will actually fucking make, and I would watch the hell out of it? Salvage One. Tales of the Gold Monkey. Any of it. You know, there, was a, there was a thread on Twitter recently. You uh, yeah, do a quote tweet with, I was the only one who watched the show. And a lot of them were like Manimal and things like that. Yeah, you probably were the only one to watch it. I was surprised how many Tales of the Gold Monkey and Salvage One fans there were. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'm not familiar with that particular property. I have to say, Salvage One. Salvage One was Andy Griffith as a junkyard dude who built a rocket to go collect space junk, and he was always up there, kind of like saving NASA's bacon because some you know, out of control <laughs> fucking Sputnik satellite was about to hit the Skylab or something like that. So yeah, it, it was one. I think maybe two seasons. It was fantastic. It was like really grabbing onto all the. Um, you, it was right when the shuttle program was getting started, so it, they were really like you know doing the whole you know yay America space program NASA's back kind of thing. And Salvage One was like, yeah, you know what NASA's great, and here's a junkyard guy who built his own rocket, and um, he, he's he's going to go clean up space. Exactly. Yeah. It's um. I think that's zero gravity jingoism. Yeah, there we go. No, it's and I'm waiting for a reboot of Riptide. Somebody's going to be doing that somewhere. God, yeah, I, I mean, they did an A Team movie, but they didn't do the Companion. I mean, what was A Team without Riptide and Simon and Simon? Yes, and I also um... these pitches are free, Hollywood. Matt Houston. The new generation, they know that's going to happen. <laughs> but they did, but they did Walker Texas Ranger without Chuck Norris. How do you do that? <laughs> Not even Chuck Norris's chin was in it. I mean, do they have like his picture on a desk or anything? I, you know, did, uh, that's my uh, that's my uncle. 
So anyway, one one of the things that one of the striking, you know, that drew I blew my mind was the hiring quota. Now, like some of the best shows only have like two or three writers because it's a passion project for them. You know, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, I mean, you look at, you know, or he's going to reference Stargate or TNG. Yeah, they would get scripts pitched to them, you know, like here's an idea, but they wouldn't have like the entire script and that would leave it for continuity and the writers to fill it in. And, you know, they'd have maybe three to a half dozen at most writers on these shows full time. The guild was nope. We need to have six to a dozen in every writer's room. You are making TV by committee at that point. Yeah, it's um, it, it seems like the better ones are those passion projects you talk about. Like when a streamer comes up with some kind of new entity and it's you know writer director kind of material. Yeah, that's when they seem to hit. And it's uh. It's just funny to watch because when when this sort of thing crops up, you know, battle lines are drawn, and it, it this is looking like it's going to draw out for a while. The last time there was a significant strike was what fifteen years ago, and that was about three months. No, that was it was longer ago. That okay? Like if you want days or something, yeah, it was a hundred days. I mean, it was longer than fifteen years ago. And if you want to know why the modern TV landscape is what it is, the last time there was a major writer strike. We were given reality TV to play. You know why? Because there's no fucking writers involved. Exactly. Also, game shows. Those, those and game, were, yeah. Those were prime time game shows. Were suddenly in vogue. Yeah, if you wondered why all of a sudden, like, you know, who wants to be a millionaire and all those other, like, when they tried retried to do the twenty five thousand dollar pyramid and everything in prime time, that's why. You all the weakest link. Goodbye. So yeah, that's uh, that's on our horizon, apparently. Yeah, we have that. To the, um, but, the th- but the thing is, we didn't have streaming at the time. I mean, we kind of did. There was like a nascent YouTube around at the time. So like, that's also when YouTube kind of started to take off, too. It's I don't need fucking TV. I've got, you know, these content creators that are kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like the people that couldn't sell a script, they would just sit there and make their own content, burp it out on YouTube, and then they would get noticed, and then the studios would be like, hey, I discovered this individual. It's like, you son of a bitch, I was in your waiting room two months ago. Right. Yeah, I would need confirmation on it. I think Sanctuary actually came out during the writer's strike, too, and that's why it was also on a web series at first. That was with Amanda Tapping, and it was was actually a pretty good sci-fi series. Well, the... um... You know, the, the interesting wrinkle in these negotiations is that the you know, like streaming has just opened the floodgates for writers because right. they need stuff. They need content. They need product. Give us scripts. You know, that's the kind of crap that's been going on for years because everybody wants to build up their catalogs. They want to get libraries for people to sign up for and stick around and give us a series. And it's like, oh, I have an eight episode arc. Make it 14. if if you watch anything original on netflix for instance it's like wow this really could have been maybe about a two episode now let's go 10 right let's go three seasons but you know what's funny is this just occurred to me a problem that we talked about in hollywood it was during covid i want to say it was like two three years ago where so many writers were forced to live in you know like we're living and working out of their car and shit 
this is, you know, kind of like, okay, so you can't afford to live in California. There isn't enough housing in California, but California needs, I mean, Hollywood needs all these writers. So now you have this transient population who are all just farting out fucking scripts on their iMac. (laughs) Well, that was the problem with COVID is that they could no longer congregate at Starbucks and leech off of their Wi-Fi. It's like, (laughs) son of a bitch, I got to pay for wi-fi now how do you do that can you get unlimited on t-mobile and that's what they had to come up with for solutions so coming out of covid everybody needed crap give us more take us more and then what's happening is the writers are now saying well wait a second there's a demand for us we want to boost our take we want a higher percentage of the profits and the irony is that they're kind of stuck because the streamers, which is one of the primary streams of work now, we talk about it all the time. They're pretty hesitant on giving out the numbers. Well, not just that, but they're hesitant buying material too. I mean, one of the things that we, you know, we talk about with the Disney's recent woes is that they're rolling back with they're going to quality instead of quantity. They've realized their mistake rather than just throwing a bunch of shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, um we're going to, you know, we're going to go back to our roots. We're going to, you know, refocus, you know. But you know, and the thing is the writers are saying, "Well, you're just turning, you know, writing into a gig economy." Here's the thing that the writers need to figure out. And okay, now writers guild, you've been around for a while. But you're not paying attention to what's going on. Every newspaper who has formed a union in recent memory has suddenly folded not long after. And there's a new player in the game. This is also one of the sticking points of the strike. AI. You can put Mm -hmm. one dude with his laptop in a room and fart out 14 episodes and they'll all be good and have continuity. You ain't needed. Well, this is, and I actually saw one, um, one video cast with a group of writers, and somebody actually broached that subject. <laughs> they said, if if AI can start doing our jobs, we're screwed. <laughs> and the thing is, it it's so damn weird. Now, I just also saw what is it? Chat GPT? GPT? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoever's behind that enterprise. They're already out something like four hundred and fifty to five hundred million dollars just on that particular AI. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a few. I mean, between chatbots and, then, and everything else, you know, so it's getting to the point that you know they are going to want that R and D money starting to roll in again. <laughs> and who and who has who is the biggest ATM machine, second only to the government? Going to go with Hollywood. Yeah. Because tech don't need it. Tech can make their own. See, here's the problem, though, for the writers, and it's not just AI. But, I mean, like, AI is starting to develop. I saw somebody last week, I think it was, that they were able to program into one of the AIs just come up with, um, oh, shit, who did Wonderwall, that band? Oasis. Yes. They, They basically fed it oasis information you know lyrics and music styles and stuff that thing burped out an entire oasis album on its own 
that you would have believed was Oasis. Sounded like him. It sucked just enough. There was enough highfalutin lyrics to it that you were like, okay, this isn't bad. Like, I'm listening to it. They were up their own ass just enough. Okay, we need this to be 38% more up their own ass. No, 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 no. That's too much. You just went Pearl Jam. (laughs) Okay, now write the next song thinking about fighting with your brother. And, you know, just, and I'm listening to this. It's like, this is kind of listenable. Shit, I'm listening to a program, you know, and I, I had to catch myself. And this is happening in publishing. More and more news outlets are putting out AI content. And this is where I think the writers are making a very, they're either timing this just right or they're a little too late. Yeah, their sticking point is, you know, they want a permanent ban on AI. Well, nobody's going to agree to that. So you know, that's kind of like, you know, where you get the one crazy demand, like you want the letter M stricken from the English language. And th- th- that has to be it because the studios are not going to, you know, they may say, okay, you know, we're going to reevaluate that every year or something, but we're not going to say never. Right. And that's, uh, I mean, it's an understandable demand on their side. But yes, yeah, studios and content providers are not going to shy away from that right away. No. Here's the other uh, problem. They're doing this strike at it. Now, I, I know they think they had the power of leverage and demand for their content, but there is just in the last six months, a shit ton of constriction taking place in media. We've, we've covered it almost week, every episode, another yeah layoff is taking place disney just went through a second round after what they cut seven thousand jobs a month or two ago and i think a mm-hmm. couple thousand more i'm old enough to remember when twitter laying off 1200 people was the end of the fucking world yeah exactly he let go of everybody the elections are going to be impacted and google just dropped 10 grand right <laughs> well nah. that's different what about facebook Twelve thousand? Mm, it's not the same though because we kind of like him or he oh. kind of likes us but however that works out he doesn't make fun of us in the open so but the the problem is now it's like look at disney they're slashing thousands of jobs they're not in a position to start paying out more they're trying to save money and then if you've got all these news outlets going under buzzfeed just folded vice just went into bankruptcy a couple days ago Mm mm-hmm these are other writers now that are going to start saying things like, well, hell, I'm not working. I may as well try my hand writing a script. So now you've got competition coming from beneath you. You've got a defined ceiling above you. Uh, there's a problem here as See, far as here, your leverage. Well, here's the other thing. This is where they have some leverage with AI, but this is a double-edged sword. One you can't copyright anything written by AI. So like if you do like scripts or if you do, you know, a whole, you know, franchise around something AI generated, you can't copyright it. The other side of that is you don't have to pay a chat bot. You don't have to give them credit. So. And they don't, uh, you know, AI also doesn't unionize. Right. (laughs) So, yet <laughs> well, that's the thing. i don't know McDonald's, some of the ai i've seen is pretty left-leaning they might unionize those those kiosks at mcdonald's might start to uh get together I should, I, 
I should rephrase that. They have been programmed to be very left leaning. They're not an AI. They, yeah, the information they have is like prone to make them. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to watch this. Um, now, I haven't seen as much reports, although this has to be taking place. But I remember during the last strike, the studios were gobbling up strip scripts like crazy. Yeah. So I think maybe it's a case where the streamers were keeping that more on the down low and they were doing that. But I, I think the streamers had all of their season had enough. Like the good thing was with the streamers is you don't have to like, ha- you don't have your fall season and your spring season. You're not hide bound in that the way the networks are, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you know, much must see TV in the fall kind of thing. Um, so you, they can release a series whenever they want. And if they've got a 14 episode series dropping, you like we're, we're going to be talking about later, but like say like the Citadel. Okay. Well, that just got you through 14 weeks of a strike, you know, so, I mean, you know, and then it's back to work in what normally would have been your downtime anyway. So that's the, that's where streamers have an advantage in this is they can, they already have a lot of their stuff in the can already for the coming year. So they can well, just release it as the, needed. Once, you know, they, they get a grip on just how long this might play out, that they're going to start doing the gradual weekly release instead of burping out the entire series. Yeah, I think you're going to see that because I think that, I mean, it, it, if you want to call it prescience, is, you know, some of them like Amazon, they've been doing that with their ser- their big series for a couple of years just in case. Because this, I mean, we've been talking about this writer strike off and on for two years. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, always I mean, been looming. Yeah, and it's the just finally always out there. Yeah. You know, they've renegotiated, renegotiated, and then this time just talks broke down, so. Well, I think that's because when the deadline was looming, things were going good. You know, we we're coming out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The Everybody was buying anything right? because they needed to refill the coffers. So the writers are like, oh, no, we're, we definitely want more. We're not renegotiating. You know, and- See, and the timing of this, I actually think, is smart on the part of the writers because looming on the horizon, too, if this strike go- gets proacted, then they're going to be having some sympathy strikers with them because you've got sag um contract coming up. You also have the Directors Guild contract coming up. And they've kind of hinted at they're go- talking about going on strike, too. So you know, then you'll have, you know, a lot of solidarity. Fucking hate that word. Um towards each other and to in to increase their negotiating power if this does go long. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of moving parts are gonna be worth watching on this one. And something rather funny took place this week already. <laughs> this one's good. Strike. We gotta thank Jeff for this one. This one's great. This might actually be a plus. I'm going to put this in the win column. <laughs> well, uh, first off, I was just surprised. Oh, they they decided to go with a second season. Okay. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we knew they would. They, they they talked about you know they they moved the first season from New Zealand to England, and we talked about that two years ago. So the second season was was you know, yeah, already I mean, they kind ordained. of did what they what New Line did with the Lord of the Rings movies and shot them all in succession you know they yeah. when when they green lighted for peter jackson 
he said, okay, you can do this, but we need three movies out of you. And it was concurrent. I mean, it was a lengthy, lengthy shoot. They said they were doing that. They did it. So, yeah, I think Amazon did have this set up ahead of time. But it was just funny to see this because of all the blowback on the first one. I mean, I don't know anybody that liked the first season. No, and we've talked about it a couple times. Jeff did yeoman's work on he he watched yeah. it so we didn't have to. Je- Jeff must have some PTSD going on yeah. for L O T R. Right. Ah, see what I did there? But embrace the suck. Watch watch episode five. And it's I guess <laughs> the funny thing here is maybe that the director can finally step in and say, you know what? Screw this woke bullshit <laughs> well i i mean there's only 19 days left of filming for the second season so i mean how much can they really accomplish but this is True. funny in that because of the strike there are no writers or screenrunners on set right now I'm just directors and production i'm thinking reshoots I I would <laughs> i absolutely would how do we unfuck this okay we've got you know all the all the grown-ups are gone. Let's 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 fix it. Well, it's more like, wait, that pompous shit from Yale's not on set to tell us about this. <laughs> okay, you know, and you're going to deal with a DEI director maybe on set. You know, well, you still have to have this. It's like, well, it's uh, not in the script that I just erased. So sorry, you know, you got Oops. nobody to fix it. Huh? How about that? And they're not in New Zealand, so they don't have the intimacy coordinator on set anymore. <laughs> Though I'm sure England has its own version of that. Compliance officers, I swear. But that could work in their benefit, you know, if they they have enough time to fix stuff. I would absolutely exploit this. I mean, granted, what they're talking about, it's all the night scenes right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever. But still, I if 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 I was a director. And I had an axe to grind. I totally would fix everything. Yeah, it'd be uh, you know, go. I would go online at night, look at all Just... the chat boards, everything else, and see what people bitched about the most, and then look at my current script and go, "Well, that's out ripped. This one, nope, rip." <laughs> And then just say, "Oh, look at this! The script is light. We don't have anything. We're gonna have to come up with something else." And there you go. But the Oh man, I got a power surge and my hard drive crashed with your script on it. Nope, that was the only copy. That's a shame. Oh, uh, what do you know? The flash drive just fell out of my truck in the parking lot. Got run over <laughs> 75 times. That never happens. Wow. Yeah, I walked really too cool. close to a magnet with my zip drive and I just can't I can't recover the data. Yes, that's But I'm sticking with zip drive, thing. damn it. <laughs> zip drives are the best. This is this is where creativity is gonna really hit the apex. How do we get out from under the script with no one to tell us not to do it? So, and if you shot a movie without any writers, would anybody know? Well, you can go with a John Wick on it. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You get yourself some actors who can actually act, who can vamp. Mm-hmm. You know, who are really good at ad lib. Your Christopher Walken's, your Keanu Reeves, like that. I mean, yeah, they always play themselves, but still, they're really good at improv. So just let them go. Yeah, this, redo, uh, redo, redo, point break. But with Christopher Walken and Keanu Reeves. Well, they tried that already, but not with them. So, well, you know, they 
Hollywood, this is free advice. Utter absolute failure, but I can see a point break series if you got the right people. Yeah. Go undercover, break up the surfing ring. A 12 episode arc coming on Amazon Prime. Something like that. Make it work. But the uh, Lord of the Rings isn't the only one to feel the immediate pinch of a writer's strike. Late night television took a hit instantaneously. Because uh, how about that? When you take away the writers, your live television that subsists on current events cannot (laughs) come up with content. Well, I mean, you, you could argue they haven't been able to come up with content for years. But now it'll be glaringly obvious who the funny guy is. Well, I was kind of, um, I was joking a couple of days ago with, uh, with Doug from Twitchy. <laughs> you know, he said, man, all the shows, late night shows had to shut down because they didn't have writers. And I was like, yeah, they all shared the same ones. It seems like, so they're <laughs> out the door. However, one glaring exception in all of this the number one late night talk show is still putting out live and new material. And that would be Gutfeld. <laughs> Cause he, they're their own writers. And this is what's really funny about it. Beyond the fact that he's the number one show pissing everybody off. If you recall, what was that? Three, four months ago when the Emmys were going through upheaval because they needed one more talk show to qualify, to get another nomination on the board. But they've refused to acknowledge Gutfeld. Right. Oh, he's cable. Well, so are the others. Yeah, but he's cable we don't like. <laughs> they had 19 shows. If they had 20 late night shows qualifying, then they would have another nomination, but they wouldn't give Gutfeld the nod. I referenced this because he did, uh, he said him in a podcast with Adam Carolla, I think it was last September, I want to say, you know, talking about the show and what they do. And he said, the thing is, you know, they, Corolla asked him about how they, you know, how do you guys produce every night and, and everything? He's like, dude, it's me. And he's like, what do, you, what do you mean? It's you. He's like, I speak to so many writers, comedians and other comic writers in Hollywood. And he said, they, they reach out to me and they tell me, dude, I would kill the right for your show. I want to work for you. They're not allowed to. The agents, their handlers, their their managers, PR people, everything else. Tell them, if, if you work for Gutfeld, you're going to get blackballed in Hollywood. Flat out tells him this. And he says, you know, I want to do it. I'm not permitted to, though. Right. <laughs> and so it's him um, and, a, and like his buddies. Um, Nick DiPaolo is probably the only name anybody might know that writes for his show comedian he's you know in his probably mid to late 40s now he's he's in fuck you money territory yeah not that he's insanely rich but he's got established career now that he can tour on his own or he can work where he wants to so he can work with gutfeld without too many ramifications but otherwise it's it's greg loftus loftus can loftus can work with greg you know yeah again fuck you money with his own money yeah and the thing is, because of this blackballing, they're not in the guild. They're not WGA affiliated, so they don't have an obligation to strike, which means they're putting on their show now, live. Already 
number one. There was a couple days every now and then. Well, you guys say, are scabs. You crossed the picket line. Uh, you wouldn't let us join. Yes, exactly. I, we weren't allowed to sit at the cool kids table that you've just flipped over. So right. I'm, I'm going to go in the patio and eat. So, uh, you, Sorry. So you, yeah. Oh, you know, while you're up on the cross, I'll be out on the veranda. Yeah. So who, he's got the advantage and it's ju- it's just ironic to watch because they already resent him for being at or number one. Game. And now he's got no competition because they're running. They're playing reruns every night on Kibble, Fallon, Colbert, and just amazing. And, um, oh, geez, who's that insufferable English twat on CBS? Oh, uh, shit. Um, God, I just saw his name, James too. Corden. Corden, yeah. I know he was on his way out already, but... I, I saw something, and it's pretty much like he's gone. We don't have to be polite anymore. CBS was talking about how they were losing a shit ton on his program. <laughs> I mean, he was they, – they basically just dumped their purse out and said, yeah, um, millions every month we would lose. <laughs> just hemorrhaging. Nobody watched. He's like, wait a second. The guy that played Bustopher in Cats isn't drawing an audience? This is just my couldn't let it go. Yeah. So, um, still want the butthole cut. We can always dream, can't we? We can always dream. The, the butthole cut of cats. Make it yeah. happen, Hollywood. I mean, you get you don't have new material now, so why not edit? Right. That's put in buttholes. CGI that's on the floor. It's got to be on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah. Oh, you know that that was actually put in. They just had to take it out. Yeah, so I'm saying. So they they have to have it still. This stuff has been retained is what I'm talking about. I want anal felines. <laughs> Just so, for Swift. Um, before we go show. to commercial, we need to talk about our own prescience, our ubermensch knowledge of the entertainment industry and how what we say comes to pass. Yes. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a little resistant to, to toot my own horn, as they say, cliche. Yeah. But not one to pat myself on the back. However, yeah, it's also something that's born out of necessity because nobody else will do it. So got to, <laughs> um, we've talked about, I mean, it's no mystery that Hollywood's woke, but the award shows have been uniquely insufferable on this, you know, every single and they time. They always have been to out. a level, you know, with, Oscar's so white and and it always ends up biting him in the ass. Well, that's the beauty of this. You know, they they always come out and tout. Oh, this is the first left-handed queer Hispanic Cyclops to win best supporting actress or something like that. You know, every single year there's some new threshold that they've crossed, some new landmark. Look how amazing we are. And my response to this is always great. That means yesterday you didn't do that. Right. So that means you were racist yesterday. Today you're not because you suddenly found this marginalized group too. But back when two years ago, after some Academy trouble, they made a list of this is how we're going to do better. And it's, 
in a couple of years, you know, starting with the 2023 Oscar season for 2024, there's going to be all kinds of diversity, inclusion, and equity in place where we're going to require, if you're going to be nominated for an Oscar, you will have to fill these check marks. And there will be several schedules of A, B, C, D, so on, so forth, pertaining to the on-screen talent or on-screen representation or even so far as to craft services and gaffers. And they will all have to have a certain level of representation of self-identified marginalized communities. And we said at the time, this is going to be a cottage industry. This is going to be like freelance human resources all over Hollywood where organizations will put together lists and, you know, kind of like an indeed for DEI and sure as shit. You'll, you'll come up with like staffing services (laughs) that populate all the various groups and the studios would then call them up and was like, Hey, um, I need three Hispanics, a couple lesbians. Uh, let's see how many we got. I need an amputee and I need five Jews. Um, Throw in a throw, throw in a furry just for good measure. Yeah. We want to be actively, not passively. Yeah. Just, you know, check their social media, make sure there's something a couple months old in, in furry costume. And we could use that. Um, we need handicap. Probably craft services would be best for that. We don't want them on camera. I mean, come on, right. no, no, come on. Um, Ukrainians are going to be really big next month, so give me a few of those. And Do you have any that aren't Nazis? No shit. Okay, well, you know what? Go send them, ship them, fuck it. So yeah, uh, give me a rundown and then bill me and uh, send them over to HR tomorrow. Perfect. All right, great. It's literally you- going to be that disturbing because you, you you think we're kidding the, the <laughs> these are i'm going to air quote this loudly nonprofits that are putting together lists like imdb pro to oh you need to you you're going to film a movie we will staff we will make sure that you qualify oh you want this to be an oscar movie well then that's different so you're going to need to qualify for you want to make sure and cover for every schedule a to e of criteria. So we will just tell us what you, you know, give us the cliffs notes version of what your movie's about. And we will entirely staff it for you for a nominal fee. Yeah. I mean, it's going to, if you want to be an Oscar contender, you're pretty much going to have four to five pages of check marks. You have to go through. They're imposing mandates on your production in order to qualify Oscars. It's not not enough just to submit and then be voted on. You have to basically go through a DEI vetting process in order to be considered for a nomination. <laughs> and I'm waiting for the film that everybody's going to love that's going to be kicked out because it lacks the required diversity for the Academy. And this is called, if, I mean, the, the standards, A through D, this is part of RAISE, which is the Academy's name for this. But, I mean, if you think I'm kidding, yeah, I mean, this is straight out of the Deadline article, is if you need music, turn to Composers for Diversity Collective or Donnie, Women in Music. You need lawyers and publicists, these might come from diverse representation, good for standards C and D. 
For animation, you have Women in Animation. For advice about Asians, you have Cape USA. Native Americans, you have Illuminative. For Middle Easterns and North Africans, Mina, Latina, to every possible checkbox you need to fill. There is a group. You know, if you need Latinos, well, there's a National Association of Latino Independent Producers. So your producer is a Latino right there. Or Latinx, if you're one of those insufferable twats. And yes, there are those insufferable twats in gross numbers. And if you just want to throw off your hands at the whole thing, you've got Kruvy, which owns a website that even has the Oscar logo on it. And they will staff your entire film for you. All of it. This is what I find amazing in this. I mean, I'm not shocked at all that Hollywood is doing this in, in any capacity. However, I'm vaguely familiar with labor laws in this country, and a lot of this information is supposed to be against the law to ask people pending employment. Well, this is self-reporting. These people are, um, they are offering that information for themselves. Well, for yes. instance, in interest in interest of the new law for California reparations, already now identifies as a black man. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, where you want to talk about gray areas. <laughs> this is seventeen gallons of battleship dumped right. in a roadway. Um. So yeah, you basically it's going to come down to this: they can't ask you what you are you have to volunteer what you are in order to qualify so you can have like a suck hole actor that's not getting work um but say john leguizamo for example (laughs) allegedly (laughs) um but yeah you'll basically have to come out and say well you know my father was hispanic my mother was oh god what lesbian and i'm uh non-conformist polyamorous panic we need you yes oh thank god you know so nobody's like auditions might go out the door which i mean that'll help me too for getting rid of the casting couch but i mean here's the main question with all this okay so you got me the staff. Are there any good at their job? I, I, I don't understand the I question. I mean, I'm sure you're still going to have your passel of actresses that self-identify as whore. Sure. And, but none of them will have to pretend to be interested you know, in Harvey Weinstein anymore. They'll get work. But, you know, it's like, um, yeah, my, um, I self-identify as no morals. Does that help right. me out at all? <laughs> Come in on Monday. Don't go on set. Come to my office, and then we'll talk. It's just ridiculous that, and understand, Oscars is supposed to be about excellence in the field, right? (laughs) Preeminent performances, you know, the most skilled at editing, things of this nature. No. Now everything is a checkbox. I see this going the way of the British Grammys, though. We reported on that a couple months ago. Where they, you know, they, where they, that so they, they did away with the gender category for best artist, and then they were all men. 
they first said, aren't we fabulous because we do not recognize gender. And then the nominees came in and the first thing they did was recognize the gender of all the nominees. <laughs> so this is you, you're okay. Six months from now. No. Okay. 2024 Oscars. So February, we will be revisiting this. I'm sure the first round of entertainment via DEIA. I, what? <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at any of these damn decisions because if you this look at fantastic. the ratings of the Oscars over the last five years, tanking. This you know what will help it? Enforcing Byzantine fucking guidelines into movie making. We seem to be repelling our audience. Can we be more insufferable? <laughs> that might draw people in. Have you tried being bigger twats? The Oscars normally would draw 45 to 50 mil a show. Now they're scratching 12. They got, what, 14, I think, Yeah, in the last one? And they were thrilled about that. Because it was an increase of like 8% or something from the... The the Golden Globes were like below 10 mil. I mean, people are just done with this. And they're making things worse. So well, you know. That that's the great thing about the left. You know, just double down and blame somebody else. For instance, my beer is empty. I blame the Bush administration. <laughs> Anheuser Bush? Yes. Ah, see, we're not, now we're not doing what that you today. did there. I not seen doing it that today. Not doing. All right, but just to uh, wrap this segment up before the break. Speaking of award shows, hey, Ordy, did you know the Great White Way had their nominations come out? Broadway. You know, I I Tony saw Tony. the Tonys. I did. Which how gendered is that, guys? Really, Tonys and Oscars. I, pretty much, my opinion of the Tonys would always be like, damn, if they were. Giving awards for pizza, that would be so much better. Right. It just that's like Tosi- that's Totino's. Part. We're told that there was history made with nominations at the Tony Awards. I'm... Yeah. Because, so... I mean, you know, that bastion of conservative thought, Broadway, is finally <laughs> cracking. If there was even a segment in entertainment that was the most... Gay. Open and accepting, yes, of alternative yeah. lifestyles, if we're going to call it that, would be it's like fucking Broadway, obviously. Right. <laughs> Give me a break. They've had gay people on Broadway since the 40s. But, I mean, that, it, openly. But yeah. this is the announcement to come out that finally, <laughs> um, one individual by the name of Jay Harrison Gee who appeared in Some Like It Hot, which is a tranny production, as I understand it. Inherently, yes. Back in the day. And at least cross-dressing. Yeah, I, I, it all changes from, from year to year. But uh, another individual by the name of Alex Newell, who's in the musical Shucked, was nominated as well. Why am I bringing them up? Well, Harrison he is, is non-binary. And Newell is gender non-conforming. Very stunning, much brave. I mean, um, 
I I saw this information come across, and it, the words historic and such were attached to it, and I thought, the hell are you talking about? It's Broadway, right? But I'd be more surprised if there was a cis heteronormative male on stage. Yeah, if you, yeah. And I just used all those words unironically. If you want to really surprise me, point out the straight people right? that were nominated. And that's where I think we'd find minorities. But I, apparently I think the guy running the lights. <laughs> exactly. The gap is, who the fuck are they putting on here? I don't give a rat's ass. Go hang the lights, eh? Yeah, the carpenter, the, the set carpenter. Fire. And don't give me that Bud Light bullshit. But not the painter. So, yes, one is non-binary, the other is not gender non-conforming, and this was historical now. I know Yeah, many of you out there are asking, well, what is the difference? Let me explain the difference to you because it's not Be- going to make a damn bit of difference. Because thank you, Out, an NBC publication, for explaining to us normies the difference in these. And I'll be damned if I'm any the wiser, but this is what they explain. Gender nonconforming is an umbrella term that includes people who don't follow traditional ideas about how they should look or act based on their assigned sex at birth. Non-binary people who are neither exclusively male nor female can be gender nonconforming. I hope that cleared it up for everyone. See, I've got a simple rule. If you can't explain it in one sentence or less, it's bullshit. I've I've looked (laughs) through the list of genders in the past. You know, we're up to what? I don't know, 65 or something now. Something like that. There's so much redundancy and the people that claim one or the other cannot explain to you the difference cogently. So when they're polyamorous or if they are non-cis conforming affectionate or you know, they're we just call that experimenting in college <laughs> it means whoever you're with when you're horny anymore is what right <laughs> which i don't give a damn about but why the labels it's just you're yeah Ooh, I'm well, polyamorous. Yes, you're a slut. Okay, but you know. if you call me bisexual, that means that you're only assigning male or female. And what if I'm attracted to somebody who's non-gender conformist? Mm. Then you're going to have a hell of a time finding a birthday card for them. That's all yeah, I right? <laughs> I don't know what else to tell I don't, I don't know if Hallmark covers that territory. Yeah. Blue Mountain might. I mean, American Greetings might have to do like a Mad Libs card. Happy blank. For your yeah, but, blank, blank, to you know, it's funny. You know, it just occurred to me we didn't have a Met Gal on the ticket on the docket at all. That's how little we cared. I was so apathetic to that. I could, yeah. I know it took place. Like I saw some news items come up and such, and I was just like, uh, uh-uh, not even going there. No. Yeah, I saw some ridiculous people dressed ridiculously, and that's the only thing I Twitter. saw was there was mystery where. Six people were carrying out a body that was wrapped in a complete sheath. And this was somebody famous, and it was going to be a big surprise reveal at the Met. Like, they okay. were toting them like a sarcophagus yeah, I, to the van. Yeah. It, it, was, it was like the um, 
the Ugandan pallbearers, but without the casket. (laughs) No dancing. It was very serious. And no dancing. (laughs) I, um, I, I saw that and I was just struck by how much apathy I had for what was going on. I that yeah, it's like I never explored who it is... was, how that transformed, what happened at the yeah. I never followed up one bit. It's like wow, that's um. It, my only thought was, who the hell is able to do this? Like, if I wanted people to carry me out of a hotel wrapped in gauze, I'm pretty sure I would get about two hundred responses of "Go f yourself." I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> Friends will help you move, but friends won't help you move bodies, especially if you are the body. You know, I, I see this take place. I can't even get people to pick me up at the airport. Right. It's like, what? Okay, whatever. I guess the check's cleared, so have fun <laughs> at the Met. Right. All right, well, you want to do a, should we do a break here? We need, I need a beer. I need a, I need a second half beer. You seemed, you seemed a little antsy. So I am yes. parched. All right, folks. Well, then uh, go ahead and we'll do the refills and uh, we will be back here in three minutes, 54 seconds. We're spitting still in Hollywood. Concrete blonde. Nice. It seems to be weather and traffic on the threes. (laughs) KLRNradio.com. All right, gang. Myself and Ordy will be back very soon. So reload and then return and we'll be back here on the culture ship.
me for a job. You made your bed. Now sleep in it. And welcome back to the culture shift. We are just blazing through all of the vital information in Hollywood and elsewhere. Anything dealing with the media we try to cover here, including cable news. That's included here. It's television. It counts. This is... um, Wow. Holy shit. I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this because none of it makes practical sense, but we're referring to the, I guess, divorce is the best way we could put it, of Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Sure. The utter, eminent, immediate removal from the airwaves of their number one individual broadcaster. You don't see this happen too often. And if you see, do ever see it, it's usually because there's a very blatant, explosive scandal attached to it. Yeah. You still won't know. Right. I mean, yeah. And the way Fox is like leaking stuff, you I know everybody's seen it on social media. It's like what you're leaking actually makes them seem kind of badass. You know, I don't know. What, what you're trying to accomplish here? I like but, the theory that somebody put out now. It's like these are so cool that Tucker's leaking them. The media matters, right? Well, what's funny is that yeah, I made a comment of it the other day that you know one of the things is like when he does the Bill O'Reilly current affair thing that I always do. You know the fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck, yeah. They release that media matters. Release that as like, oh look, and I'm like, yes, baller. <laughs> it's like. Tucker's kind of like us, okay. Yeah, he's one of us. It's like, what is it? Matthew Gertz over at Media Matters that are senior fellow. Yeah. Really? Okay. You guys are going to, that you've cordoned off your basement in such a fashion? Wonderful. The first one they put out there is Tucker Carlson bad-mouthing the Fox Nation user interface and how it's a piece of crap. It is. And he presents it like, can you believe Tucker said this about Fox Nation? And every single person watches that had Fox Nation was like, yeah, that UI sucks. See, and and this goes back to how I think that, you know, they people actually do listen to us. Because I remember, and I even talked about this on FUBAR too, Disney Plus's UI and their UX was absolute shit when they first rolled out. And now they're pretty good. Still yeah, trying to get it to link to your Hulu Plus account is like masturbating with a cheese grater, but I will trundle through. Yeah, the um, it, it's a little more navigable. It works now. And it was just funny, though, because they thought, oh, dude, look at him, bad-mouthed Fox. He was actually accurate. He was honest. Yeah. I'm on his side on this one. Right. I, I, I'm, I agree. And then, you know, subsequent videos came out. There was one with him and uh, Piers Morgan, I think. And they were talking about his sexuality. Tucker was. It's like, oh, you know, when I have sex, I'm like, can you believe this crap? It's like, he's talking about himself. What's, I don't, who's yeah. he offending? What? Right. Self-deprecation. Have you ever heard of that? And it's just, you know, it's gone on and on. So there's been no resolution all this time. 
Like, we still don't know. Fox hasn't come out and declared it was anything. No. Tucker has I mean, people spoken are... at length about certain things, but hasn't said why. So... I mean, it, it's still all rumor and speculation, too. It's like, oh, he left because of the Dominion lawsuit, or... Oh, they're... Oh, like, Matt yeah. Gertz. Oh, there's sexual harassment, or the, you know, sexual harassment charges against him, allegedly, and I'm like, allegedly? Allegedly, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that. You know, I well, mean, the thing. I mean, I've I've go- looked at and then, like analyzed every explanation that has come up, as opposed to just this is why he got fired. It's like, well, wait, let's read through this. So th- this one woman, Amy, Abby, Abby Grossberg, she's out there, former producer. Oh, I was in a toxic environment, and everybody used a c word, and, and Tucker had everybody sexualized, and everybody did this and that, and then we come out. With the new information, she has never met Tucker in her life. Right. <laughs> the guy, she goes on MSNBC and talks about how Tucker tormented her in less than a year on his show. Oh, you've never met the guy. And it turns out. Which, once again, MSNBC just painting themselves with glory. Well, again. You know, the network that says they're the ones that tell the truth. Right. I swear. I but I mean, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny is that this is kind of like the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. I, I wonder what is boof. Yo, oh, Tucker said boof. Ooh. Ooh. Any beer drinking games on the set? Don't tell yeah. me that. I'll, I, I might plot. But that's just... the whole reason she didn't is because Tucker worked out of his home. He had a studio set up at his house. Work remotely. Everybody was in New York operating the show. That's where Grossberg was. But the thing is, he would fly people up to Maine where he lives if you were good and he liked you. He didn't like her. <laughs> she never went to his home. Can't imagine why. And then on top of it, you know, she's saying, Oh, I've I've got recordings. I've got stuff on tape that'll prove my case. And there's one person who's been a frequent guest of the show that said she was the booker. I dealt with her all the time. I've got text messages where she's raving about working on the program. Right. <laughs> How much she loved working on Tucker Carlson's <laughs> show. Until she suddenly wasn't. Yeah, so she liked it. They just didn't like her. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Ooh, yeah. But, um, and it's like every story that's come out about him getting fired has been like this. I just wrote about New York Times today. They said, oh, we've got it. We've got the text message that killed Tucker. And it somehow comes out of the Dominion case, curiously, because that was a sealed document that the New York Times got a hold of, which I think is illegal. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, you know, an Amish lawyer on Twitter. But yeah, that seems um, classifiedy. Yeah, I have actually been assured that this is how democracy dies in many instances. Well, I've also noted that it's kind of funny that even before this was going to go to trial a couple weeks ago, before the settlement, all these text messages kept coming out. It's like, isn't this evidence supposed to be locked down? Supposed, you know, not public. Didn't- Chris Morgan getting a lot of trouble for this. Yeah, nobody seems interested. So all this crap is coming out of this case. Meanwhile, we still don't know who leaked the draft memo out of SCOTUS last year. Well, that's because that's not important. 
Well, it's just, I don't know. I, I had a little more faith that maybe some journalists could figure out who leaked the document to journalists. I mean, clearly there are contacts involved. We still don't have the, uh, still don't have the manifesto of the Nashville shooter. Nope. <laughs> Not allowed to get that info, even though the police have it and it's supposed to be public knowledge. Nah, nah, that, that's, we have no way to access that, but private redacted documents under court seal somehow can get out into public knowledge real easy got it but the whole reason we bring this up um it and i think it was megan kelly who said tucker is technically still employed by fox they haven't fired him right he's just not on the air off the air okay question he's making 20 mil a year he was the driving force of your entire primetime broadcast. What the hell are you doing? Because their ratings have taken a shit. Yeah, like significantly. Like, um, yeah, I, the five is still on top at 5 p.m. I mean, that is still mm-hmm. it, all other networks combined, you know, between MSNBC, CNN, Newsmax, and News Nation, don't touch their numbers no oftentimes the five will draw numbers that exceed cnn from 6 p.m through 11 p.m but here's the thing now is that the five is still drawing numbers that exceed fox news from 8 p.m to 10 p.m but here's the thing is once they pulled tucker the general number has gone down by about 50 percent yeah, I, I do have to casually that this is within demo. When I'm, no, you no, know, the hard number. Yeah. The, no, no, the but I'm talking about in demo. You know, with the, oh, you know, the five with 311,000 in demo is, uh, you know, Fox News Night, Hannity, and Ingram Angle combined. It's it, this, but this is the perplexing part, though. We, they got rid of them from the airwaves, they still retain them, though, on payroll. Right. So they're suffering with their decision. Why? Cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's, it, I mean, if he was this big of a problem, you had to yank him off the air. Why not fire him? Unless there was like one of these, you know, random uh, contract stipulations, you know, oh, if we fire him, we have to pay him 10 mil up front or something like that. I don't know. Well, they're not in any hurry to fill a slot either. Well, they're 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 going through a feel out period, right? Yeah, now. I mean, they, Kilmeade was a disaster. Which I mean, okay, you know what? I don't mind Kilmeade. He's an okay sports guy. I don't like him in news. I definitely don't like him in commentary. He was the weakest link on fucking Fockets and Friends back in two thousand. So yeah, I didn't like in the morning show. He was like, like the guy who introduced Man Cow, and that was it. Yeah, when he. I, I like him on weekends when he does some show on weekends. It's like, you look a hell of a lot more comfortable here, man. <laughs> you should keep doing this. But, you know, they're they're feeling things out. They're trying to see who's going to go where. There's even some speculation. Maybe they'll move the five to prime time. I don't see that happening. But it's just odd that <laughs> this has been the case. And, and the numbers, I mean, they're they're pulling like one five to one six right now million 
No, and yeah. it's almost exactly half of Tucker's average of three point two. So it's uh, it, it's all curious. I I still hold that there was something here regarding Tucker wanting to go on air with more January six stuff, and they just got spooked about lawsuits and said, "No, you can't I, do that." And you got I, that that and Rupert was not a big fan of you know. J six, you know, he, so, but I think what, what it was is the 60 minutes head on Ray Epps and it's, I I still don't have a firm grasp on this, but it sounded like Tucker was prepping a show to counter that based on some of the videos. Cause notice he had the January six videos and he was releasing them. And then all of a sudden that got shut down. Like, yeah, just like quick. Yeah. Three or four days. And then nothing, nobody else on the network even referenced the videos which is weird. Like he was breaking news. He came, I mean, he had Ray Epps on site well uh-huh. after he had testified he had left. We, I mean, three or four yeah. major revelations came out of this. Nobody else on the network talked about it. No, and, that and that's it. There. And, that, and that's, even though Rupert's not in charge, he's still in charge. So Yeah. So I think what my feeling still is that, I, he was going to go with, with something in that range, and they were like, "No, you can't do this." And he's like, well, "Screw it, I'm still doing it." You're, yeah. you're going to tell me no? It's like, "Well, we'll take you off the air." It's like, "Then do it," and they did. Right. I dare like, you. Cool. They I'm did. Going to Florida, <laughs> right? I love. There was one report that said, "Oh, he's he's ensconced in his main house and he's hiding and depressed." And then, like two hours later, there he is on a golf cart in Florida, waving at people in public. Yeah, and doing you. Uh... <laughs> Twitter video. And like so, somebody, yeah. One of the news networks was like, I guess at Mar-a-Lago and cut over there. It was like, uh, Tucker, are you okay? He's like, are you kidding me? Check it out. It's like sunny outside. I'm going to go golf and do this. And my kids are going to And do I look like I'm on suicide watch? <laughs> like, you know who is on suicide watch though? Hmm. Bally, Bally sports. <laughs> I don't know. Is it suicide watch or are they just on a slow drip? Ah. Yeah, and this is, uh, yeah. This Imagine having to pay out money to the Cincinnati Reds, though. That's humiliating, even though they're not part of the lawsuit. Well, it just, you know, you're you're in hock to the Cleveland Guardians. Right. <laughs> so if you're Bally Sports, they have a lot of the regional sports networks. In 19 RSNs, um, they filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. And the judge said no. But they're still showing the games of the teams that they refuse to play pay the play them and they won't pay them so and among them are like the cleveland guardians minnesota twins diamondbacks rangers and cincinnati reds um the judge said no you got to pay them at least 50 percent. you don't get to show their games on your networks and then not pay them because you say they are not drawing the numbers you entered a contract yeah pretty pay much them. you're paying for the right to broadcast their games you know it's not dependent on whether or not people watch that's not right. the way it works. And I mean, I'm I'm paying attention to this particularly here because they cover four sports teams in Florida, three local. My Panthers, who by the way just won game two in Toronto. Yay. I mean, jeez. I'm just like shaking my head the whole time in this show now. But they also covered a heat, the Marlins. Now, I think when like now. Panthers and Heat have graduated to the playoffs. They are picked up on the national networks, TNT and others. 
the Marlins, though, are just kicking their season off. And Tampa Bay Rays, I believe, are Bally as well. One of the interesting components here is that in Arizona, two of their teams, I think it was the Suns and Diamondbacks, moved to another network. Like a local affiliate picked them up. It's like Family Channel Arizona or something like that. <laughs> Showing the game subscription free. And Bally is pissed off at them for doing so, even though they're not paying the teams to broadcast. It's like you don't have any standing really here. <laughs> <laughs> you have no say in this. If they're doing 20% of your contract, the team's better off. <laughs> so. It's really interesting because this is nationwide. They took over basically like the Fox Sports regional network because FSN yeah. is covering most of these teams. They're, I think they cover 40 franchises altogether nationwide. A lot of markets. Uh, like you well, said, they Cincinnati, did. Cleveland, they're in Ohio, Minnesota, host of others. And it, it's pretty significant. If they go belly up, like right now, especially baseball, they're going to have to scramble currently because they're they're playing games now. Who's going to watch <laughs> them? So that it's going to be really funny to see how that develops. They're, they're going to have to strike contracts on the fly, unless you know maybe some investment group comes in and takes over Bally or something. I don't know. It's. Uh, it's really weird to see this shake out now. Usually it'll be like, you know, well, we can't afford it any longer. We lose the contract for the coming season. Kind of like what happened with uh, the Sunday ticket. You know, the contract yeah. expired and YouTube got the new bid. $500 a season they want for that, by the way. Okay. I, you know, what? I, 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 even when I was a big football fan, fuck that. Mm-hmm. I'll go to a bar. And you know what? If the local bar doesn't have it because of blackouts, I can drive to a bar that does much cheaper. It may be in another state, but I have that, you know. Well, you know, and we're having the discussion in my household because I live with Bills fans, and they say, you know, well, when we go out, we spend so much, and we be like six games, we'll spend that much. We make more sense. Like, no, I did Sunday ticket last year. Three weeks, I saw one game. I remember. <laughs> Canceled that bitch butt quick. It was useless. So, I mean, when it did work, the games we wanted to see were blacked out. It's like, no, that's the entire purpose of getting the ticket was. <sighs> so, I'm, yeah, I have no interest in going that route. I've got a streaming yeah. service that uh, I'm not going to mention because I shouldn't, but I do. Which is kind of cool because, like, I go to the flag football game that the grandkid plays at, and then they can watch the Panthers at the same time. Oh, nice. You know, it's just kind of the way I work. But it's it's really going to be interesting to see what baseball is going to do with Bally going belly up like this. Kind that's, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's... I, I mean, they especially just, especially of... just not paying. I mean, come on, guy. You know, you you, you sold the anyway. Well, I think what it is is they they they're trying to stall until the courts force something on them. But 
I, you're in, you're in a contract broadcast sports. They got lawyers. I'm just saying. I that's there's not a lot of wiggle room in these kind of broadcast contracts. No. If anything, pay them more. That's the only way to shut them up. They're going to come after you. Is my point. Seen this before. But moving over to the theaters. Yes. This weekend. Big weekend coming up. Big big start of the summer blockbuster season. <laughs> who, who decided that? Did you said May? That's going to be it? May, I, May I, you know what I think? No, it, it's the first $100 million film that drops. That's the start of the season. If the movie's projected to make $100 million or more, then, uh, hey, the season started. It, it's but it's not it like, you know... It's not like we're white after Labor Day or anything. It's not a hard, fast rule. I mean, Mario Brothers kicked off 150 two weeks ago. You know what? I I say Mario Brothers started the season. I really do. But no, it's not Marvel. So Marvel apparently gets to make that determination. (laughs) That's what it is. The mouse gets to be like uh, what Memorial Day was the you know the official start of blockbuster. I always thought so. You know who screwed that up though? Star Wars. No, because they were always out in the fall. Who did? Oh, the, fuck the Fast and Furious movies. Those always came out like late April, early May, and then they made like three hundred million dollars in an afternoon. And it's two cars dragging a five-ton safe through the streets of Brazil is realistic. Right. That movie. Well, what kind of car? <laughs> well, what was the Ford Challenge, Dodge Challenger? I mean, because if it's a Fiat, I'm going to call bullshit. But you know, if it's like a, you know a Volt or something like that, maybe. Well, we actually had this argument in the house. We're watching as, you know, they're driving through the streets. The two cars are dragging this safe through the road, not tearing up the streets, mind you. And then, you know, when they had to, they would both, they would turn in tandem and swing the safe to go take out certain things. But what cracked me up was like, they're doing something and Vin Diesel would look across to Paul and say, hey, uh, take him out. And then they would do it. It's like, ain't no way he heard him. Sorry. The engine's too loud. The windows are, even if the windows are down, the wind, there's no way they hurt each other. And then the wife looks at me and says, they're pulling a five-ton safe, and this is what's bothering you? Yes. I'm just saying, there's, I'm, my suspension of disbelief is not working for this particular scene. (laughs) They're driving a five-ton safe through the streets of Rio. Yeah, the talking got me. But that's that. That was always the. It, that's where I think the level of blockbuster season moved because sure. so many times that would come out, and they kind of staked out that territory. That became their uh, their launch pad, and from then on, it was just Hollywood was like, "Well, hell yeah, okay, bigger blockbuster season, we'll take it." Hey, you know, what? we'll take an extra three weeks, and Marvel, you can shit something out every week, can't you? Well, if we have to, yeah. Excellent. So Guardians is coming out, and the projections floor me. I got. I mean, I knew it was going to be big. They're sure. talking right now. They're talking two hundred fifty million for an open. Yeah, one ten domestic, one forty international is what they're looking at, and this is just and uh, the. I'm thinking this so far. The reviews from- aren't panning that out. Yeah, but you know, there's been so much hunger for this. Like there has, and 
this is a curious franchise anyway. It, it, it really, <laughs> it's odd because the movies themselves don't really fit in the Marvel universe. And yet the characters are in the Marvel universe. I mean, they were in the Avengers, you know, stuff like that. And at the same time, though, I was like, okay, yeah, you brought them over there, but they're not coming over to Guardians is what I'm saying, you know? Right. Like, Thor and such, yeah. you can see some crossover take place. Ain't nobody going to the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. It's just not happening. So, yeah, they brought Star-Lord in for the Avengers. Okay, hang on. I, I got to interrupt. I, I just saw Jen and uh, Rick pop in chat, so we do have uh, somebody following us in five minutes. Oh, we do? Okay. Yes. Okay, so we'll wrap. And we didn't, you know what? We're going to have to save the story about Whoopi's comic book for next time. Really? Uh, technically yes. four minutes. Technically <laughs> four so, minutes. So you're going to have that marinade. Oh, that one's good. That one, we can, we cannot not do that. I, marinade, I don't think is the right word. Fester, Fester comes to mind. Okay, yeah, that that I think. Um, well, wow. Okay. Okay, so they're coming up. Uh, Brad, where can people find you? Well, I am going to be available on a daily basis over at townhall.com. You can see my VIP media column there called "Rift from the Headlines." Also, regular on the front page of Red State. I have a twice weekly podcast there called liable sources where i dive even deeper into the press and uh, drill them a new orifice but you could also hear more of me on this very network next thursday i alternate with paul young from screenrant.com as we go through the dark side of hollywood and bad movies with disasters in the making tuesday evenings i am here with the ever effervescent aggie Reekin as we guide you through leisure and culture and all other relaxing forms of entertainment on the cocktail lounge. And then if you need more of me than that, let's face it, you do you head over to Twitter. I am at martini shark. And what about you already? Where can people find more of your talent? Oh, you know what? Thank you for asking. You can find me on Twitter as ordinance Packard, Twitter's favorite Amish attorney. Uh, You can find me Monday night on, um, Fubar, One Nation Under Food with Politibunny. You can find me Wednesday nights with Rick on Rick and Ordy every alternating Thursday with your glowing and personable self on the Culture Shift. And alternating Saturday nights, you can find me with Rick on Juxtaposition, taking our view of the strange and bizarre of infotainment or conspiratainment. Sorry. Um, other than that, yeah, you don't want to find me there. Discord. <laughs> you know. Sam is going to ring you up for forgetting. I know. You're broken. I j- seriously, I just, I mean, you know what? We're so new back. I'm just not used to saying it again. We took a no, year I off just, for we, for tax reasons. I just, I, I feel bad for the repercussions you're going to receive when I tell her what you did. Don't cry for me, Argentina. All right, gang. Well, we will see you back here in a fortnight with more vital entertainment news here on the Culture Shift. Stay tuned for Rick and Jen, and uh, also Hail Hydra. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. (laughs) 